The setting of this case takes place on a brisk day in Long Beach, California. It's January 3rd, 2015. Jackie Horonado was a new mother in her early 20s, and she was swaddling her three-week-old daughter, Elisa Delacruz. And this is as she was walking off of a city bus on a late Saturday afternoon. Jackie and baby Elisa were headed towards their home, which was located on West 51st Street, just a few blocks away. As Jackie is walking along Del Amo and Long Beach Boulevard, snuggling her baby girl so tight, she hears the voice of a woman calling her from a passing black Range Rover. The woman driving the Range Rover stops in the middle of the street, and she calls out to Jackie asking how old her baby is. Jackie ignores the strange encounter, and she just continues walking. The woman's voice calls out again, asking Jackie if she needed a ride, but Jackie declines. Because who in their right mind? (laughs) No, thank you. So she continues her walk home with her baby. Now Jackie's run-in with this unknown woman is at 4.15 p.m. Now around 5.50, baby Elisa, Jackie, and the baby's father, Eddie, and his brother, Jose, are all inside the home on West 51st Street. And they had just settled in for the evening, they're relaxing and watching some TV. Jackie's brother-in-law, Jose, is the only one downstairs at this time. So Jackie and Eddie are upstairs and they hear a bunch of commotion going on. It was practically silent in the home to just a bunch of yelling and screaming. And they're like, what the hell is going on? Now, knowing Jose was alone downstairs, Elisa's parents panic. They jump from their relaxed positions and go towards the door of the room to, you know, they want to see what the hell is going on. So a second later, gunshots go off downstairs. Jose yells and screams. And what seemed like a split second later to Jackie and Eddie, they're confronted at the top of the stairs by a man welding a gun. He looks dead into Eddie and Jackie's eyes and says, give me the baby. The gunman turns the gun on both of the young parents when they verbally refuse to hand baby Elisa over. Jackie, in the struggle of her life, is gripping baby Elisa before the man rips her from Jackie's arms and rushes down the stairs with the baby and gun in hand. Panicked, in shock, and in pain, and unable to get off of the floor from where she's laying, Jackie is able to process one thing, and it chills her to her core. She hears a woman's voice downstairs utter the words I'm your new mommy. Not only were those words bone chilling but Jackie is completely helpless. The voice is coming from the first floor and Jackie is literally not physically able to make her way down but the voice that she hears and those terrifying words were coming from a voice that was recognizable to her. Jackie had no doubt in her mind that the voice coming from the woman on the first floor was the woman in the black rain rover from earlier that day i literally have chills i mean i wrote that part and i have chills right now imagine what's going through her mind like this is the woman from the car in the street just like total like mind fudge all three of the adults in the home were then transported to the hospital for treatment of their non-life-threatening wounds thank god and then once their physical condition improved the family of baby elisa worked with a sketch artist on a composite sketch of the female driver of that range rover as well as her male accomplice in a car driving behind the range rover who was identified to be that shooting suspect. Gosh, Jackie was so vigilant. Right? To even notice we need the, more people to be vigilant like her in yeah, these cases. To notice the guy behind her, yeah. behind the Range Rover too. 
That's crazy. The search for 24-day-old baby Elisa was on. One of the most extensive searches ever in Long Beach history, actually. Detectives were focusing on tracing each and every one of Jackie's steps throughout the day and all of the surveillance footage that they could get their hands on from Jackie's walk home after exiting that city bus. The composite sketches ultimately landed investigators with critical information from witnesses in the geographical area and others that came forward with helpful information that led to several interviews, like amen to witnesses out there. Seriously. Devastatingly, it didn't take much time for baby Elisa to be located. A homeless man collecting recyclables along Palm Avenue in South San Diego, which is about 120 miles from where Eliza was violently ripped from her mom's arms, found Eliza wearing the same outfit that her family described her as being kidnapped in. Eliza sadly was dead. She had been placed inside of a white kitchen style trash bag and placed into the dumpster behind the pizza place. I have no words. Yeah. There were no questions when they found Eliza that she was gone. I hate these episodes that involve children. I know. I'm sorry. It makes my stomach hurt. I know. I actually picked quite a few of those. <laughs> Baby Eliza was pronounced dead by heartbroken emergency workers at 1.40 in the afternoon on the 4th, which is not even 24 hours after she had gone missing. And why the hell was she taken from her family just to be murdered? No idea, Marie. People are disgusting. They are mm. sick. And I. that's why I hate people. <laughs> An autopsy conducted by San Diego County Coroner determined that the cause of death was asphyxiation. Aliza's tiny body showed no other signs of trauma outside of the typical markings for her specific cause of death. And this is another reason why I don't think that I could be like an emergency worker or one of the first crews on site to just find this sweet, innocent, couple-week-old baby dead for no reason. I couldn't do it. No, we're just going to stick to our office jobs. Yes. A month and a few days after Elisa's kidnapping and murder on February 6th, 25 miles northwest of Long Beach in a relatively small town called El Segundo, and this is also near the Santa Monica Bay, the detectives were tasked with investigating a serious and almost deadly assault on a 23-year-old mother in a hotel room on East Mariposa Avenue. Guests at the motel reported to motel staff. Why would you report it to the motel staff? <laughs> Call 911. We need you guys to be smarter so about this. So many... Oh my gosh, this happens all the, all time. the time. The guests reported that they could hear a woman in distress inside one of the rooms, screaming and begging for help, like literally screaming bloody murder, you guys. So at 1.48 a.m., police arrived to a horrifying scene. The woman, by the name of Hannah, and she was the one that was heard screaming inside, she had been severely beaten with a baseball bat with her four-month-old baby boy nearby her. Mm-mm. There was no one inside except for the mother and the baby. And the motel staff said a man went running. Like he just took off from inside of the room as soon as they knocked on the door in an attempt to assist this woman. He just takes off running past them. How fucking scary. That's so scary. So from this El Segundo investigation and the hunt for the attempted murder or murderers, detectives made contact with Long Beach to discuss the possible connection with these two cases in their jurisdictions because the similarities were striking. Both involved the attempted murder of young mothers of infant babies. El Segundo had identified two of the suspects in the motel beating as 46-year-old Giselle Angelique Ren 
Renee Demillion of Long Beach and Anthony Ray McCall, he was 29, from Oceanside. After the two agencies were able to positively connect the two attempted murder and kidnapping cases, as you can imagine, they worked their butts off to try to identify any other suspects who would have been involved in these cases as well as motive. Having identified Giselle, Angelique, and Anthony, both of their backgrounds were extensively examined and detectives were able to dig up some extremely incriminating and disturbing information. Giselle Angelique, and I'm just going to call her Giselle because her name is super long, she was the creator and the host of a podcast called Speak Into Existence with Renee Reyes. Renee Reyes being Giselle. Within this podcast, she is living a double life, coming off as a super distinguished woman who was able to fool hundreds, if not thousands of her followers. After her arrest for these attempted murders, people that met her because of her podcast and who had went to watch her speak could not believe in a million years that she could even remotely be connected with these crimes. But let us tell you, she is a complete piece of shit and we're going to tell you why. Nell had been dating this man and she led him to believe that she was pregnant with his twins, a boy and a girl. Oh, Giselle was somehow about to fake almost an entire pregnancy while they were together. These people are out there and they are real, I am telling you. Do you know anybody who has been led to believe that maybe their significant other or was pregnant? Was yeah. I knew somebody back when I was living in Georgia and she had faked it because she <gasps> didn't want him to leave her. Like she didn't want him to break up with her. But then obviously as time went by, he found out. And she's like, Well, no, I actually miscarried and Oh you my need gosh, to she kept it going. To take care of me and all the stuff. I'm like, girl, give it up. The joke's up. And yeah. he doesn't want to be with you. I know somebody too. And I actually met her, not when she was pregnant or not when we were led to believe that she was pregnant, but she was even like buying those like fake stomachs because oh, I literally watched her belly grow on Facebook through pictures. And it was all fake. It was all the fake. The links people go to. Seriously, it's so crazy. Sometime towards the end of 2014, remember the two crimes we are discussing took place in January and February of 2015. Now this man that Giselle is dating leaves the country. He flies somewhere out of the US. We couldn't determine where he went or why which is fair but we would not we're not going to reveal his identity to you guys he literally played no part in either of these awful crimes so at this time late 2014 Giselle tells him she gave birth to his twins in November and this is all while he's out of the country well no she did not she didn't give birth to anything nothing not a human nothing Now, she's going to have some work to do because this man, her boyfriend or whatever he was, he's coming back to the United States. And he's expecting to meet his babies. <laughs> his babies. So I don't know what she's going to do. We'll tell you what she does. She goes into panic mode. She has to find not one, but two babies, those twins that she's going to pass as her own. Oh, my God. Mind blown. Yes. And so that is how the plot to kill Jackie, her husband, and the brother-in-law, as well as that woman in the hotel room, came about. Now, note, Giselle had formed a fake charity that claimed to assist women with very young infants in an attempt to find the perfect set of twins to kidnap, you guys. This is crazy. Oh, my God. And you're right. Like, people like this exist. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So she claimed to be a motivational speaker. I mean, she did speak and people listened, but everything she said was bullcrap. It was all a lie. But people believed all this BS that she was spewing. She claimed to be a business mogul, a ghostwriter, an award winner, founder of a record label. She's very full of herself, you guys. And she was completely out of her mind. The adjectives used to describe her are all positive and endless. And, and we're a- done. <laughs> And we're over it. That's it. (laughs) So she got away with all of this because she was well-spoken and well-dressed. And isn't that what it kind of comes down to? Looking pretty. So Hannah, the woman that was found savagely beaten in the El Segundo motel room, was actually someone known to Giselle. We hate her so much. Yeah. The two had known each other for quite some many years. And Giselle targeted one of her friends. She, along with Anthony Ray McCall, planned on killing this woman so Giselle could play her son, who was just months old, as her own. That's crazy. Yeah, so Giselle targeted her knowing right where this woman would be and when. On March 25th, four heartless souls were finally arrested in connection with Eliza's murder and the beating in the hotel room. Those arrested were Todd Bordeaux of Fontana and the two others that we identified earlier, Anthony and Giselle. And get ready for this, Giselle's daughter, Shanice Shelton, who was 29 years old at the time living in Corona. We've done quite a few mother-daughter duos, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? (laughs) Clarissa and Desiree, episode 53. Oh my gosh, I'll never understand these women and their crimes of opportunity. Seriously, like these are mother and daughter duos. Like this is this is stuff that you have to plan out that a mother and daughter are doing can, together. Can you imagine sitting with your kid and planning something like this out? It's Oh my gosh. It's and it's like almost too much to bear like to think that it's actually possible and it is possible because yes. these mother and daughters are doing it. And they have their own episodes on those Murder, Murder Girls, Girls podcast. <laughs> So by the evening of the 25th, all four of them were sitting in a Long Beach jail. Giselle and Anthony were booked on murder, kidnapping, attempted murder, and conspiracy. They were both held on $1 million bail, which was quickly revised to no bail. As it should be. Yes. So it's never been made clear to this day which of the two, Giselle or Anthony, actually killed baby Eliza because they're both charged for murder. Todd was held on accessory after the fact on a $20,000 bail, which was revised quickly to no bail as well. And Sharice was actually charged with the same thing. Eliza's family testified in court very early on, but once it came close to sentencing, they were out. It was way too much for them. It was too emotional. And if you want to talk about emotional the last time that eddie ever seen his daughter after she was kidnapped was when he was shown a photo of her lifeless body in order to properly identify her so heartbreaking todd was sentenced to three to five years in prison as an accessory after the fact in the el segundo motel case Giselle, who pleaded no contest in 2018, was sentenced to 25 years to life for first-degree murder and two counts of attempted murder. She will be eligible for parole in September of 2034. McCall was sentenced to almost 142 years in prison on first-degree murder, kidnapping and attempted kidnapping, and four counts of attempted murder and gun use and infliction of great bodily harm. He will be up for parole in 44 years. And he's like 36 right now, so it's not looking too good for him (laughs) god stay there for the rest of his life things aren't looking too good for him thank god sharice shelton giselle's daughter 
was arrested on accessory charges, but was actually never charged. So she went and got away with friggin' everything. Everything. Truly disgusts me, too. And that, you guys, is the heartbreaking story of Elisa De La Cruz. Thank you to Fiancé for recommending this case. A cute story. He actually went out the day that they found the baby and took her a little teddy bear at her memorial because he didn't want the place to be bare. So that was really cute. He's a good man. We'll we'll lay off the mother-daughter duos for a while for you guys. And baby cases. And baby cases. But with the holidays right around the corner, um, send us some suggestions. If you have like a killer Christmas murder or a Thanksgiving one, send it our way and we'll take a look at it. Or a New Year's crime. Like a big slaughter. Yes. (laughs) All right, guys. As always, have a safe weekend. And Raina and I will see you back here next week. Bye, Bye, guys. guys.